Hey, and welcome to the Pocha Podcast. Um, we are sitting literally at the corner of 184th and Arthur in the Bronx. And we're visiting Charlene because we have something special going on on the work side. We do. Um, but also it's the start of um, Hispanic Heritage Month. It is. And, you know, what better place to have a live weedy weedy conversation than an outdoor <laughs> Italian cafe for Hispanic Heritage Month. Yeah. <laughs> makes no sense, but you know, we're here and wanted to just check in. It makes all the sense because Italians love good coffee, I love good coffee, <laughs> Italians love good food, I also love good food. Um, it feels like we can just celebrate each other. Yes. I love it. So, all right. So far, I know you've been to New York before. I used to live here, but what are your impressions of the trip this time? Um, the trip this time uh, travels weird right now, for sure. Um, all of the, like, masking up. You and I were extremely wipe everything down, be outside as much as possible, double masking with the N95, like all that felt like a lot. Um, I was exhausted by the time we got in and settled last night. But once we walked around a bit, once we got some pizza in our bellies and a little wine, uh, it's good. And this morning, so yes, we're in Little Italy and I am in love. I'm in love with the sounds, I'm in love with the smells, I'm in love with the people. I love it. Okay. What about you? Uh, I'm in love with, so I've never been to this Little Italy, it's the Little Italy in Bronx. And I haven't been to this one yet in my travels. Um, I'm in love with the little area, I'm in love with, and one of my favorite things about New York and other larger urban areas is listening to the different accents, the mm -hmm. different um, languages that are being spoken. Yes. And I've missed that a lot. I a love lot. that. I mean, every place we've gone, we've heard variations of Spanish, Italian now, languages I'm too dumb to know what they are, <laughs> but they're not English. Uh, I love that because it really just speaks to diversity and how I don't know I, I I love to think about that we all have this journey and ancestry and story of how we got here and to think about that is just amazing and I I'm enjoying it thoroughly I was worried about traveling but I brought my cat so <laughs> the travel has been interesting I have loaded myself down with hand wipes yes with spray disinfectant well I was hotboxing Lysol in my hotel room <laughs> last night when you walked I in to, I got to your door and from the outside I, I was like damn that's a lot of Lysol <laughs> that's a lot of germs Scott. I'm pretty sure I walked in and there was just like a mist of Lysol still hanging in the air well good good but yeah, we did double mask on the plane, and I, I did toss out the two masks that I used from the plane and got fresh, fresh set for the rest of the time that we're here. Smart. And you're right, I, you know, I had forgotten just how, um, how like quickly Spanish can be spoken mm -hmm. in other areas, mm -hmm. and, I, and how I have to adjust to processing that. 
Well, and it's it's not the regional Spanish that we're used to. There's a there's an accent within the Spanish that tells me this is not what I'm used to speaking or hearing, and so I have to adjust. Even my like my Spanish listening ears even have to adjust to a different frequency because mm -hmm. it's like okay, I got you. Mm -hmm. yeah. And adjusting to the city itself, I have I've had to learn how to. Oh, we don't necessarily wait for the light to change to, to indicate that you need to walk across the street. It's just walk across the street. I mean, avoid traffic, but in other, in other places, like in Las Cruces, you wait for the light to turn well, or you you'll die. jaywalk. Because <laughs> people don't give a shit about pedestrians. Well, I mean, that's a, that could be said in any particular city or place, but... Yeah, just just the different way of um, living, breathing, doing in New York. That's that's taken me a second to adjust. Yeah, last night was interesting. We were walking around looking for pizza, and um, definitely had to readjust my my brain to oh, you're yeah, you're in the big city. You are walking around at night. This is like get your resting bitch face on. Be aware. Not that I'm ever not aware of my surroundings it's just a thing but it was in heightened mode i remember you were saying to me last night as we were walking around like you're smiling too much for being here <laughs> i was like Cat, act hard act hard right now why are you smiling like a damn tourist <laughs> and, uh, it wasn't so much that i was a tourist i was just, just so happy to be <laughs> in my second home or third home again just being here, like smelling the smells, seeing the bird, like even the birds have resting bitch face, seriously. Well, one shit on our table, so. Right, as Welcome. we're sitting here. <laughs> Welcome to New York. There you are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah all that. So what I, do you, go ahead. You do say often, at least twice a year, three times a year, I miss New York. I miss the sounds. I miss the smell of it. I miss it. So it was nice to see you with that look on your face, even though I needed you to be a little more intense. In the moment, <laughs> I was intensely happy, and you are intensely being followed by a bee. Yeah, they, they like the smell of um, New Mexicans, I guess. Um, what are you looking forward to while we're here? Other than coffee and pizza, oh, and New York pizza. I, I food. When I travel, I love food. Mm. I want to eat all the things that I cannot get where we live because I feel like that's the thing that nourishes my soul. Uh, and truly, especially when you're eating, you know, like at the mom and pop, like we're sitting outside of this, not, it's not Starbucks, like it's a mom and pop, Prince Coffee House, uh, feels like somebody put their love in this. Like, I don't know how this came to be. I don't know what family started this, but I feel like you can, if you can settle in and let yourself go there in your brain, it becomes enjoyable on a different level than just like drive through Starbucks, get my coffee, my caffeine to stay alive. Um, and it, you know, it just feels different. So I'm trying to embody all of that. Have you noticed, Kat, I'm on a whole new... Charlene's not going to be a stressed out fucking paranoid freak all the time. I'm going to try to reserve that for only certain times of the week. <laughs> and then be a much calmer human the rest of the time. Only allowed on Tuesdays between 9 a.m. Yes. and 10.30 a.m. Exactly. I'm going to hold you to that. I'm, I'm going to hold you accountable it. to that. I am working on it because the insomnia was getting real... And the uh, being an asshole to my family and kids was being real. And so I needed to check myself because I cannot take myself that seriously. 
You know, you had mentioned that a, a few weeks ago in a conversation, and I was finding myself kind of in that spiral of like, is it is the sense of urgency I'm feeling real, or is it self-imposed or outwardly imposed? Uh -huh. And how is that impacting my relations with, like, let's say, my partner? Because I'm. I'm incredibly, and, and my partner will attest to this, I'm incredibly uptight about time. Yep. Um, and so I'm trying to be a lot better about like, okay, but if we're late, what's gonna, what's the worst that's gonna happen? Right. What is really, what is the urgency and what's gonna happen? Right. Unless it's, it's something very specific, then the urgency is not outwardly created or it's not hyped up, it's, it's a real thing. So yeah, I'm I'm trying to get myself into that mental zone as well, and we'll see where that. It's hard. It's unlearning. Yeah. It's unlearning for me. That's very difficult, and I I am trying to just gain more perspective around it and be cognizant of. And I'm not a person who's habitually late. I also have a thing about being timely, because um, I think it's respectful too. But there's also like I'm trying my best, and if I'm late then there's a way to communicate that with people or whatever. But just trying to gain some perspective around feeling rushed and in a hurry and stressed all the fucking time. And now with, so we have 40 years experience, 40 plus years experience of having to have the sense of urgency, but now we're in a place where if we need to communicate that we're going to be late or otherwise, we could, I'm, okay B, I wasn't finished with my coffee, go ahead, you, you can now. have it. Yeah. Um, we have means to communicate whether or not we're going to be late, so that right. sense of urgency is kind of taken away. Right. right. Well, maybe not taken away, but it can be. Like, and it is years of unlearning this groove that we have just gotten ourselves into. And unlearning that can, at least for me, hopefully lend itself in a positive way to a household where um, several of the members don't run on my sense of urgency time, right. and I've, get, I've put myself in a position where I have to get mad. But, um, like, that sense of urgency, you know, just kind of taking it back to um, that intersection of brown pride and assimilation, we kind of joke about it in our family that we run on a late time, like right. moreno time. Or, Land of mañana. Exactly. Um, but, and at the same time, there's this push to be on time all the time. And that is at, at that same intersection of, like, no, we can chill, we have time, we got this, but also that like, no, we have to. We have to be on time, we have to do this. And if it means giving your family members like a false sense of when it's gonna start so that they can <laughs> arrive at the real time, that, yeah. At least that's where it is with my family and seeing that connection between a false sense of urgency and what may be just a natural, normal ease of flow in our day and seeing those two parts of us collide, like the brown side of like, nah, we could just chill, and yeah, maybe it is a different sense of time, but it's a, a flow to that versus a sense of urgency that's the assimilated side of like, you there if it says it starts at seven, you're there at 6.55 or whatever. I, I think there's also something to the ways that that came to be and how Mexican people have been depicted as lazy and mm. there's like the little, the little senor with his sombrero covering his face with a sarape, like taking a nap under something, you know, like this stigma associated with you relaxing for any given amount of time that immediately links you to being lazy and unproductive. And we've 
overcompensated in some cases to prove that our productivity is greater than anyone else's because we're trying to meet that white standard. Yeah. And it's fucked. But it's a false white standard because exactly. it's, it's like, there have been, I have seen TikToks where they're saying, like, they're saying, and it were, there's a couple that were in particular, it was roofers, and and they, the commentary was, people say that they're, um, like they're lazy or that they, you know, they're they're not worthwhile workers or what have you, and they're just showing video of them like hustling ass to exactly. cover to do the roofing job. Um, so it's a false sense of trying to meet this standard because the people who have met who've, who've laid out what the standard is don't meet it themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I know a lot of really, really, really hardworking brown people, black people, who have a hard time doing nothing because they automatically tie it to their worth. Like, I'm not being worth anything if I'm not producing something that other people can see. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's, it's absolutely set this standard that it, it's not real. I mean, it's not a real thing. You are not tied to your product. You are not tied to an outcome. You are worthy because you're alive. Um, and that's a hard thing. It seems like it should be the most simple thing to know about being alive, but it's so difficult. Does it, So does that happen to you that if you're, for instance, on a weekend, you're supposed to, whatever, chill with your family or just do nothing? Do you have a hard time doing nothing? I do. I feel guilty. Um, I'm getting better, but it's taking work because I do. I feel guilty and like I should be cleaning the house. I should be making sure we have groceries for the week. I should be planning out the food we're going to eat for the week. I should be cleaning my kid's backpack out because God knows what's in there. And, you know, in case there's anything alive in there from school that should be taken out immediately or whatever. But even I mean, my brain will start doing that when I'm just like, oh, let me watch a stupid show about redecorating so that I can be mindless. I'm like, I should be doing that right now. It's, yeah, I don't like it. I'm the same. And, and I've talked to this, uh, to my partner about this, that I don't feel, even if it's like, by the time it's 10 a.m. on a Saturday, if I haven't gotten mm -hmm. a good portion of my laundry done, I feel behind. Mm -hmm. I, it, I feel like out of my element in terms of what my day is going to look like. Like, oh my God, I've already, quote unquote, wasted, wasted right. four hours from 6 a.m. when the dogs wake us up until 10. Four hours of my time. What do I have to show for it? Yep. That is, and that is a hard thing to let, to balance between the work ethic that my mom, my father had instilled in me. Yep. Um, but also taking that time to really just sit and be with yourself. And that is also something I'm learning how to do is just be in your feelings and not running away from them. And one thing that my counselor had mentioned was, um, are you giving yourself tasks so you can run away from facing some of these things and being in your feelings? To which I said, please stop making me work so hard, lady. Whew. It, it is, it's a trauma response. Mm. Not being alone with the voices in your head is a trauma response. Needing to have a podcast on, but if it's put a podcast, it's okay. Um, <laughs> Learning something on podcasts, right? I just can't have something meaningless on. In the exactly. Yeah. Feeling like every moment has to be productive. So I'm trying to, even on the weekends, like 
is this a task that is going to set me up for a better week or am I making work for myself because I can't just sit here? Mm. Because sometimes it is like, it is stressful if my kid doesn't have clean clothes to wear on a Tuesday morning when everything's rushed because there is a real time she has to be at school and then I'm pissed because I didn't do the laundry. So if it's something that's gonna make my week easier, I'm like, this deserves my time and I do need to get this done. And then I'm free to do nothing which can also look like spending real time with my kid that's not yelling at her to clean up her shit or having a brunch with friends or my husband that doesn't include million errands on the way like it frees up time for those things and looking at those things as like sometimes we think about like self-care is this buzzword now right everybody self-care right. i i don't want to take a long hot bath in epsom salt with a good book like that's not self-care for me I want to sit and laugh my ass off with friends at brunch. Like that feels like self-care to me. And reframing what self-care is has also changed how I'm able to spend some time. And if I don't have those moments to unplug, I am a bitch and I'm recognizing that as well. So it's important for me to take that time and acknowledge it for what it is, a reset. I, I, and it's hard, it's hard to do. It, you bring up a really good point in um, like reframing what self-care is. That is that has been huge because I feel like we're fed this view of um, not just the bath time, but um, appropriated like sometimes appropriated pieces of what self-care could be. So like yoga, for instance. Yep. Yoga is self-care, but it's also appropriated by other individuals who are feeding you this idea that it's self-care because it's now a business. It's yep. not really what it was intended to be, necessarily. Right. And, try, and trying to just, in my brain, say it's totally okay, like my self-care sometimes is just watching baseball or right. watching MMA. and. And it doesn't mean that I, what, did another bird shit? No, it's because I, I, I don't like yoga. I don't like yoga. Um, I would rather hit people. And so you're just saying like, relaxation is watching two men bloody each other. Yes, I can fully relate to that. Absolutely. Remind me of my humanity, bitches. Exactly. So yes. Reframing and that becoming part of my self-care is just giving myself that time to be, all right, you're just gonna watch a little bit of some ESPN and zone out, or or even sometimes self-care can be doing laundry, like folding it is such a mindless thing, like putting it away is such a mindless activity for me. And it reminds me of you when you when you talk about ironing. Love ironing. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, an acti it's, it's a thing that you need to do for your clothing, for yourself to, to look the way that you want to. But it can also be a very just mindless, I'm in a zone, I can do this, and there's nothing else that's mattering in this moment. Well, and sometimes accomplishments, like work-wise or, or family-wise, feel so huge and abstract. There's no done and ironing. There were wrinkles, now there's no wrinkles. Mm -hmm. Done. It's a very visual, tangible, I accomplished something. I love that. Because, you know, raising a kid is going to take a long time. Are they going to be okay? <laughs> I don't fucking know. I'm trying every day, but who knows? I know a good counselor for them when they get older. <laughs> time will tell. Time will tell. Uh, all right. So 
we're going to go and continue our journey to feed our bellies. Um, I feel that there are some oysters down the street that are calling our name. Oysters on the street. I once heard that you should only eat oysters in months that end with R. Unfortunately, we are in a month that ends with R. <laughs> we're going to eat all of them. Wait, why, why can't we eat it in July or whatever? They I, just I not... guess they're out of season. I don't really know a whole lot about oysters. Like, quote unquote oysters. I'm from the desert. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the oysters that we have in Las Cruces are at the Hooters. Don't eat them. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Don't eat them. Frequent? No. Um, but yes, oysters are calling our name. The rest of um, the Bronx is calling our name. Let's do it. And the Bronx Zoo is also calling our name. And Yankee Stadium. Ma- um, hold on. I need to do this properly. Go Dodgers. But yes, going to visit. <laughs> that's another conversation. Yankee Stadium. All Thanks, right. Kat. So this has been a brief Weedy Weedy. That's a bonus content for the Pocha podcast. Um, the intersection for your ears of today, it's 184th and Arthur, but typically it's the intersection of Brown Pride and Assimilation. I'm Kat. I'm Shirley. And we'll see you on the flip side of the street after some oysters. Bye.